welcome to Halloween. 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 Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. You got your shot. Now give me mine. This country wants to keep me down. Keep everybody weak. They don't want a man like me to have the title because I'm not a puppet like that fool up there. Halloween shindig. The little man don't want to come to me. Then I'll come to you people and lay off the truth. I am ranked number one. One. That means I'm the best. But this bomb is taking the easy match. Fight another bomb. I'm telling you and everybody here. I'll fight it anywhere else, anytime. I was having fun crying, but then I wanted to hear Mr. T. I was like, Shut up, old man. You that chump to know where I had to come from. Oh, shit. He told you to shut the fuck up. You're the old man. Yes, that's Mr. T. Clubber Lang, I think, taking a stand for proper title tracks. All over the world. He knows. America's trying to keep real title tracks down. Doesn't want them to have the shot at the title, but they will get it here tonight on Shindig Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Listen, if anybody's got a chance at gaining the title, it's a title track. Oh, yeah, they're going to get the title. I mean, we've all got that chance, and here we are. We are here. On the good. <laughs> the good, yes. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Title Tracks Part 2. If you're coming right off of Part 1 for some more Title Tracks, uh, yeah, welcome back. We appreciate that. Welcome back, listener. I'm, I hope you enjoyed the last episode. Uh, and your patience will be... Rewarded. Rewarded? Yeah, I was going to say. So. Is it going to be? Oh, yeah. Is it going to be rewarded? I can't, I can't guarantee that. I actually can't either because <laughs> I don't know what songs we have lined up, but I know that the last ones, they were pretty good. Yeah. There was a couple on we there called them questionable. Bad, we called them bad and ugly, but I, were. Lo- I love all those songs. But if you haven't heard them before, that. you'll be like, wow, Vampire Hookers. I never <laughs> knew there was such a song. Rape, 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 possessed. Oh, wow. We that- already got to rape. <laughs> Ray Pizzazz. Pizzazz. You know, I was proud of us the last episode. I was listening through being like, man, we haven't mentioned rape at all. And And then Mikey. And then Mikey just crammed it right in Oh, it's my fault. Well, I mean, you did force it in. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Triggered. You're right. You're goddamn right. (laughs) However, I will say this. If you have just skipped... Straight to part two here. I don't really know how I feel about that. How many times do I have to tell you, you don't know what you're dealing with? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's kind of like cheating, though, right? They didn't listen to all the bad title tracks and then they're coming into the the good episode and then I then paid their dues. Man up and listen to the the bad and the ugly first. Anybody who's listened to any minute of this has paid their dues. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Uh, Either way, you're here, and we appreciate that. So strap in for the better half of horror movie title tracks here on Shindig Radio. Shindig Radio. The Ah, good. The good. The good. Part two, the good. Uh, Now, without the benefit of being able to skip ahead and having very much paid their dues with us again, we have... I got a little gout in the left tit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it earlier. He does, actually. Uh, it's pretty accurate. He does actually. have a little bit of gout. A little bit of gout. I sound <laughs> like that bit. chick from Haunted Ween. I don't have my toot. Oh, the Southern Belle? Yeah, the Southern Belle from Haunted Ween. Who <laughs> sounds... I don't oh, have my toot. touched. I don't want to go swimming there's Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that last round, that was a little rough, but... Uh, 
Are you ready for some completely blatant commercialism here, fellas, with this round? So we're talking about Ghostbusters, the song. I would I'm glad you mentioned Ghostbusters. The Ray Parker hit. The hit. Absolutely the hit. The number one hit. Hell yeah. It's the biggest title track in the world. It absolutely is, Graham. Uh, But you will not be hearing Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters tonight because the entire world has heard Ray Parker's Ghostbusters. I understand. Uh, And would you say it's the most recognizable song from a film I mean, if you haven't heard that fucking song, you've been under a rock. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I mean, I don't even know what to hit here. But. <laughs> you get it, yeah, get it. Are you getting it? Yeah, you gotta get it, man. <laughs> you just gotta get it. There's some of that solid Busey. I hooked you up with some solid Busey, oh, buddy. This is great. Watch your mouth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I have over the here. Buse. I put the these here. And I don't even know what I have. Gary Busey did cocaine off of a dog. Cocaine, huh? Yeah. Is that what? real? Yeah, it's a true story. You don't know that stuff? It's called cocaine, and you don't want no part of this <laughs> so shit. So according to Gary Busey, at his worst, he'll tell this story about how he spilled a bunch of cocaine all over his, uh, I don't know, some sort of furry dog. Labradoodle. And uh, spent that night combing cocaine lines out of his dog and doing coke off of his oh my dog. God. Yeah, man, that guy's a fucking party monster. <laughs> he is an 80s party monster, that guy. <laughs> yeah, Scary Busey, the party monster, who will come out of your toilet and make that sound. Did you say Scary Busey? Scary. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were going to do this other thing. Before we get into because we can't just give listeners what we told them we were going to give them straight away, right? We can't just we can't just go into the show, well, right? We never do. It's no. going to be a solid 20 of bullshit. Yeah, at least 20 of, of nonsense. Hey, I need we'll to make a- We'll talk for 40 and then we'll make it down, too. Where are you going with I, this? I have to make a correction. Well, that's exactly where I was headed oh, with this. Shit. Look at that. We're such a good show. We, we even know what we're talking about. <laughs> Shindig Radio, as you've known, if you've listened to any episodes, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. And- uh, Unfortunately. <laughs> we, yeah! <laughs> We do not know what we're talking about. We say the wrong shit all the time. We do not research any of this that we're talking about. Probably. So as as such, I thought it would be a good opportunity to to do a thing where I comb through the past episode, which I was just editing, and find instances in which we made errors. Oh, you're just going to go the last episode? Yeah, I'm not going to go that far back. Right. Was well, your correction from a, from a much no, older from the episode? Last one. I'm just saying, there's plenty of shit that we don't know. So with that being said, I would like to issue a few corrections from the last episode. Shindig corrections. Some of these are like, they're not like wrong. It's just like, I spoke wrong. But like, in spe- you spoke wrong. specifically when I said Joan Jett. I actually meant Pat Benatar. That's what I meant. I don't know why I said Joan Jett. Nobody knows what you're talking about. That song doesn't sound like a Pat uh, Joan Jett song. It sounds like a Pat Benatar song. And then when I said Janet Jackson, I probably should have said like Tiffany or like fucking Belinda Carlisle or some shit. But I said Janet Jackson. Oh man, no one cares about that. That song doesn't sound like that's one of my corrections. Those are poor. The other correction would be Janet Jackson. When I was speaking about, uh, okay, here we go. 
only one sailor appears in what I refer to as an orgy at the end of Vampire Hookers. In reality, <laughs> it's just a dude banging three chicks, or what is colloquially referred to as a four-way. An orgy, from what I understand, requires five or more people. Mm. That sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> you think that required a correction? I do indeed. You think some perv out there was like, hey, I was just at an orgy. That was way more than four people. Well, and the- I know that in Vampire Hookers, he's a dude fucking three chicks. Well, this is this bullshit. guy's never had an orgy before. Why does he have a radio show? It was more that I said both sailors were having sex with the women, and they weren't. It was just the one sailor. All right. Less people think that you don't know the movies that you're talking about. That's fair. Also, Jamie Gertz does not, in fact, play John Belushi's brother, Jim Belushi's wife, on the sitcom, according to Jim. It was actually Courtney Thorne Smith, oh, whom you may shit. know from summer school or perhaps Melrose Place. I mean, if that's. What show was Jamie Gertz on then? I have no idea. I didn't look that up. Why you hit me with more fucking questions? I don't know. All right, well, let me get to my correction. I was about to talk about your correction. Would you You like to? You were correcting. That was my correction, though. You're correcting me. How dare you? Yeah. That's oh, fucked man, up. Wow. Were you going to mention it? No, I didn't Did even you know I had up? anything to correct. Exactly. You're just going to call me out? <laughs> man. Listen, we all have some corrections. Look, Derek's taking a turn, man. We can't fuck up in front of him. And it would appear as no, though the enzymes in Graham's Mysterio Doritos really did activate his spidey sense as Adrian Toomes is actually the alter ego of Spider-Man's nemesis, the Vulture, and not Rowdy Rowdy Piper's daughter. That would be... Ariel Tombs. Ariel Teal Tombs. <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck you. Wait, yeah. who? Sorry about that. You for correcting everyone. <laughs> no, I, I actually wanted to clear that up. I accidentally called Roddy Rowdy Piper's daughter the uh, alter ego of the Spider-Man villain, the Vulture. Um, and I, you know, I worked with her, so I don't think that was fair. Indeed. Well, those are a few corrections. I don't know. About These were keep... pathetic corrections. Really, nobody noticed. They were just things I. I noticed when I you was going noticed, through the You but ep- don't be all weird like that. If you got a name of a movie wrong, or if you got the name of an actor wrong, or an actress like I did. Sure. If you called somebody by the name of a fictional character, yeah, yep. clear that up. But when you're like, oh, an orgy's actually five people. Well, no, it was that there was, was four people. It was that there was one, there was only one sailor. All right, I said okay. there was two. Yeah, yeah, I was going through clips to make the video, and I was like, Fair oh, enough. it's just that one guy. I, I think this is an two. opportunity, though, to enlist the help of the fans. Yeah. I don't know if any of you are actually out there, but this is your chance to come on social media, tell us where we fucked up, get involved. Let's start yeah. a little dialogue here. So I'm just going to say fuck you, like, you know, in advance. <laughs> <laughs> interact with us you know what I mean this is how we get more fans you know by fucking up and they yell at us this is how social media works at least uh, that's what I think who right. the fuck knows <laughs> <laughs> alright we should uh, just cut most of that out yeah yeah, yeah yeah that can get cut uh, here's something that shouldn't don't be tell cut. me what can get cut because you're on Mike telling me to cut out a thing I didn't cut out last time alright well that's fine so you don't know what I'm gonna actually cut out oh here we go fuck <laughs> We got to start the show right. And I don't want to start the show without enjoying these delicious Fritos. <laughs> Part of me as I... Man, these are good. What is that? That's, you got a whole other thing going on with those Fritos right now. What's, what's the deal? Why don't you eat up and we'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm enjoying Fritos. And today, Fritos salutes our nation's heroes. Help us support 
It says carry the load on it. <laughs> <laughs> help carry the load? We have plenty of towels. Thanks. <laughs> That'll help carry the load. This summer, Fritos brand is donating $100,000 to carry the load, an organization that honors and supports our nation's military, veterans, and first responders, and their family. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know. Mm. But Graham's going to take a little break here. He's going to eat some chips. Is it crunchy? Yeah, it's not as crunchy as the Doritos were. Yeah, they're a little bit crunchier. Hang on. All right, here's a good snack break. Oh, yeah? This goes to you, Funhouse Masks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can we get some money? You want a little bit from Fritos? Fuck it. Now you're going to get in on this action? Yeah, yeah they look good. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> These guys here? These guys? It's always the same. It's always more. <clears throat> Sorry about that. A little snack break. Gotta keep fueled, you know what I'm saying? Jesus Christ, man. There's just some things you don't talk about in public. <laughs> I guess that's not eating Fritos or saluting heroes. I feel like that that bag of chips took a weird turn. What do you mean about this carrying the load or what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. If I gotta eat Fritos to support our heroes, I'll do it. Thank oh. you, everybody. I Read the know. labels. Read the labels before you buy the food. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Perfectly timed. All right, what do we got, Derek? What are we doing today? What we're doing today is, if you've listened in like you should have, to the first part of Horror Title Tracks Part 1, you know that you got, you got the ones that don't sound as good. You got the ones that aren't as polished. You got the ones that were just bad. I mean, you got... You got the scrapings of the barrel of, burr, 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 what, burr. <laughs> of what title tracks have to offer this time around in part two. This is the cream of the crop. I wish I gave you that mm. macho man sound. Because <laughs> this is because yeah, the these crop. are the cream of the crop. This is the this is the best. These are the best. I mean, excluding Ray Parker Jr.'s, uh, you know, classic. When you're catching ghosts and you're doing things, where are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> if it's big and mean and a marshmallow, who can you stop? It's Moby Dick! <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You will not be hearing any of Ray Parker Jr.'s. In fact, we played a lot of Ghostbusters songs and run DMC. Kind of has a title track, too, from Ghostbusters 2, which we played already. We played They're called the Ghostbusters! But, that's who you go. but this time around, we got... This is the cream of the crop. Now, these, are, these aren't really in any particular order. There's ten of them. First up, <laughs> right off the bat, I don't have the one piece of information I'm going to say, which is, I don't know what year this film takes place in. Uh, we haven't got time to be talking about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have plenty of time to be talking about this. Um, I, was I don't know what you're talking about. I was actually sad because I gave you a sound that was perfectly suited for this moment, but I was like, oh, I wrote down all the years, so he's never going to have to play that sound. For want of a better estimate, let's call it the year 2000. <laughs> From the year 2000. Actually, you're gonna, are you going to fact check for us this time? Oh, uh, man, that, I, was, I sucked at fact checking. No, you like, did pretty good. All right, I'm going to jack jaw, you did great. Out of the box, title tracks are going to be coming out swinging with perhaps 
the ultimate title track in its conception. This is this is like producers taking a title track seriously. They say, do we want to do a title track? We want to do it right. And this is what fuck we're going to do. And they assemble a super group for the sole purpose of cutting this track. They don't do the whole album. It's just this track. So all this band did is this song. That's it. That's all you get. And this band. I know exactly what you're talking about. And this band that they put together was called the Dudes, Dudes of, of Wrath. Wrath. He knows oh, exactly shit. what I'm talking about. Here's the lineup for the Dudes of Wrath. You got Paul Stanley of Kiss fame and Desmond Child, famous producer, on vocals. You have Vivian Campbell from Dio and Def Leppard and Guy Mandude on guitar. Guy, Guy Mandude? Guy Mandude, who had his home band that was named Guy Mandude. You got White Snake's Rudy Sarzo on bass, Tommy Lee on drums. Damn. Showing up in the background just to throw some vocals around, Michael Anthony from Van Halen, Van Halen. and Kane Roberts. Holy now, shit. this this is fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking nuts. It's the Dudes of Wrath. The title track is from the movie Shocker. Year 1989. We are here today to bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker, whose unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. Fuck yeah, dude. What accounts? Prisoner, any final words? Yeah. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. Good old Paul Stanley. There he is. You can hear him right away. All right. <laughs> nice just, intro. Your famous intros. <laughs> yeah, right. I just got it right there. Just get you jamming out just, just to get take you, it out from the underneath. You got a little Horace Pinker there for you. Uh, Horace Pinker, the TV repairman and murder enthusiast who is sentenced to death by the electric chair. Um... Because the detective's son has, like, weird dreams that lead the police to his whereabouts so that they can go and arrest him. But, of course, Horace has made a deal with the devil, and he has sold his soul for the ability to come back as electricity. Yeah, this is Wes Craven's shocker. Uh, it's not great, but it's all right. <laughs> it's not great? Oh, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> what a shocker. I wish I had a, one of those drum hits there. Yeah, this song is way too good for this movie. This whole soundtrack. I remember this renting movie. this movie and being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Wes Craven's finest hour and a half. I will definitely say that. That is, that is for sure. But this al or this song... By the dudes of wrath is pretty fucking rocking, dude. I'll give you they that. assembled, assembled for the sole purpose of creating a title track. I don't know. That's why I wanted to start with it because what? I, I the only other 
one that I can think of. It's one of the oldest. It's not even really a title track because the song's called Beware of the Blob, but they made a band. It was like a, a, just a, a slapped together band. The Five Blobs write the old song, Beware of the Blob, from the original Blob with Steve McQueen. Like, Beware of, of the Blob, it creeps and sweeps and rides and slides across the floor. Under the door and all across the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. <laughs> that band was assembled for the sole purpose of, of of making that title track. And then, you know, 40 years or so later, the Dudes of Wrath assemble like fucking Voltron to just rain down rock and roll title track madness all over you. See the shadow of a stranger Turn around So that's Mark Anthony? They're doing back and forth. That's probably not him. Well, that's Paul Anna right there. Yeah. It's, it's probably Desmond Child. Okay. Oh, when we sing over it? Yeah. Yes, probably, right? I can dip the audio anytime and not have us singing. But let us know, listeners, if you don't like hearing us sing over the songs. You're like, you're talking all this shit about the songs, and then you play the fucking songs, and then you assholes just sing poorly over them. Watch your mouth. (laughs) You tell them that. You tell them that and let them know. This is a great song. This is a great soundtrack, too, because Alice Cooper does a version of this song that's kind of different, but it sounds pretty much the same. It's called Shock Dance, but it sounds, it's got like the same kind of... Um, it's not, on this album? It's on the Shocker soundtrack, yeah. It is. Uh, Megadeth does a cover of No More Mr. Nice Guy, because oh. as we heard in the sound clip, Horace Pinker says... No more Mr. Nice Guy. And then Megadeth yeah. comes in and does a cover of that. There's huh. a couple other songs on there I can't... It's a pretty metal. Think about it. It's a pretty solid coming to that movie. It is a solid heavy metal late '80s Hmm. album. Is it because of Trick or Treat? I mean, I don't know. It's the time. I mean, (laughs) it's a reflection of the time. (laughs) But like, I'm just imagining Trick or Treat all about metal, and then you have like a whole metal ass soundtrack. And he turns into electricity. Which is very similar to, you're right, holy shit, this movie's kind of a fucking rip. This is like a rip off a trick or treat, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Cram. You're right, you're goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaning on that Bruce Willis right there. I don't even know what the hell else is on my fucking board. This is definitely like Vivian Campbell and Guy Mandude like attacking each other back and forth. Who the fuck is Guy Mandude? He was in, I I meant to look it up, but that sounds like he made it up for this like Dudes of Wrath. He had his own band called Guy Mandude, but like he was, he played for some other, for some other acts too. I tried to give myself the info here, but... Anyway, that's a pretty mean solo from Shocker. Let's close it out here with the end. And the end of of Shocker, the song, 
It kind of takes a weird turn. This is a weird title track to begin with because it's not one of those title tracks that really talks about whatever's going on in the movie. This is kind of conceptual. Like, shocker, shocker. We're led like lambs to the slaughter. We're just going to say things that sound like... Stuff about murder, random things. But then, all of a sudden, the song takes like a really weird uplifting sort of turn at the end. Dragon Jill goes on vacation. Is that what he said? Is that a lyric? What? <laughs> Stanley doesn't know what the fuck's going on in this No, song. he doesn't care either. He knows it's going to sell. Cocaine and hookers, my friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is this shit? What is this, like, Band-Aid bullshit? Yeah, this is like you're winning a marathon kind of shit. He will tell our story. The sun will shine on our story. That's weird. Which, yeah, it doesn't have to do anything to do with the horror movie. Yeah, they take a weird turn there at the end. So the dudes of Wrath, I think maybe they had a lot of pressure on them. Maybe the dudes are out there were like... You think those guys had pressure, man? They were like, we're going to just nail this. We don't even need to see the movie. What's it called? Shocker? Let's get it, guys. <laughs> 20 minutes, they were in and out of there. Mark Anthony, what are you doing back there? Cocaine and hookers, my friend. <laughs> He's just there. That is what that guy's doing back there. We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. The fuck you will? Anybody tries drugs on me, get his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Kincaid letting you know. <laughs> I love what that sound of Gary Busey just making that noise. I'm coming here and confronting you on the fact that you're dismissing the environment, bringing bad fruit in here. <laughs> <laughs> dismissing the environment. <laughs> Gary Busey is just ridiculous. Anyway, what an asshole. Uh, the oldest title track that you're going to hear tonight. Uh, we're going to take a step back in time now. To one of the oldest pure title tracks on the shindig from 1970s, Scream Ends Scream Again, as performed by Amen Corner. This shit grooves. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, this is a jammer. This is in the Scream category of the uh, playlist, pretty much. Yeah, there's like a little Scream block. Yeah. <laughs> movie's fun, too. It's a little in... Yeah. Kick it. It's a little incomprehensible, but... It's a mess. Vincent Price said he never understood the script. There's the scream. Takes a little turn right there. You don't think it's gonna go in that direction. But 1970, you gotta imagine. Ah! Everybody, man, man. I don't know what the fuck he says, but... That's what he says. Uh, Amen Corner is kind of a weird title for a band, right? Amen Corner? Amen, A-M-E-N, Corner, the corner of the room. Uh, But they're actually named after a weekly club show that was held in Wales, where a man named Dr. Rock would play soul music from across the pond. Hmm. Amen Corner. So they named themselves after Club Night down the block. Dr. Rock. Dr. Rock. It's a good ween song. I wish I had a Dr. Rock so clip right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love cocaine. <laughs> I should just drop I one of the cocaine. I love cocaine. 
What else do we know about this film? Uh, scream and scream again. Oh, yeah. Amen Corner is in the fucking movie. Performing as, this song? As themselves performing this song. That is some title track purity. If you're going to wow. have the fucking band just show up on screen, sing the fucking song, boom. That's some fucking gold right They're there. They're singing the title of the song in the film. They are. Definitely a product of its time. Oh yeah, early seventies, late sixties is the. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a trippy, groovy hit. Can I just say that I've had lots of fun uh, building Halloween costumes to this playlist? Oh yes. Oh, and every yeah. time this song comes on, it's got this. I don't know. It's early. It's got this it's nice retro playlist, vibe. Yeah. It's fun. It just kind of jazzes me out. It's good. It's songs like this too that they they kind of break up the obvious stuff like the heavy metal and the Ghostbusters and all that. You know, it's like those weird little quirky things. You're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, Vampire Hookers is a good example as well. Absolutely. When when was this? What was this? I got to see this movie or at least you know read about it or something. Yeah, I love that about the playlist. When you're stopping ghosts in a New York groove, how are you gonna do it with an ambulance? Scream and scream again. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Oh, jeez. You know what? I kind of get your thing where you're just like, you go back to like the same one over and over. Because like, I look at it and I know what's here, right? But I just get stuck on one sound. Well, it makes like, sense. We haven't got time to be talking about this right now. <laughs> I just might leave that on your board forever. Like, that just might be the sound that just... It just stays there. This film, Scream and Scream Again, uh, is one of two films that features Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing all at the same time. Now, Peter Cushing's barely in the movie. He was on set for like a fucking day. He's in one scene. Christopher Lee and, and, and Vincent Price don't even really interact that much. They do some clever editing to kind of make it look like that. So it's like... They make it sound like that's a big deal, like Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, boom, 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 yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But it's not like it's not really like that at all. But it is one of two films. The other film is uh, House of Long Shadows, which I've actually never seen. So mm. that's the other film. I should get on that. What the fuck am I doing? I want to see House that. of Long Shadows. <laughs> Shadows. Maybe, Hello, shadows. maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, Basically, the plot of Scream and Scream again is there's this killer who's running around town, wherever they are, fucking London or whatever. He's killing people, but he's drinking their blood, which is kind of fucking weird, right? He's smooth. Um, he's a smooth operator. If and I if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's Christopher Lee, who's the... He's like the detective that's trying to find out. It's been years since I've seen this movie, but he's trying to figure it out. Um, and that leads them to a fucking crazy mad scientist who's like killing people and harvesting their body parts, which is Vincent Price. But then there's this weird like pseudo Nazi 
fascist group that's behind everything that's pulling the strings. None of it really comes together and makes any sense. Like I was saying, like even Vincent Price was like, I never understood the script. That's my Vincent Price. That was your Vincent Price. That was garbage. <laughs> Let me try. <laughs> I never understood the script. No, that's not even good either. Go gayer. Go gayer with it. I never understood the script. I think I need yeah, to sound like this. <laughs> Is this Vincent Price? No. Nope. No, it's not. Anyway, scream fun. Scream for your lives. Uh, if you are interested. That was good. Because it's not English. It's a, he, he's got he's not English. No, so he's not. Like, but he's yeah. got that affected like yeah, that old timey you know proper if you've ever, if American. You've ever seen Laura? That's a great movie. If you are a person that doesn't necessarily just want to sit around and watch people get pushed into vats of acid, like scream and scream again. Maybe I you do want to see. Yeah, we know you do. I expect we have a lot of the same interests, you know, in horror movies and the occult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a fight. What happened? What did you hit? Are you through, Mr. Wizard? <laughs> am I through, Mr. Wizard? Yes, I am. Did I play all Scream and Scream again? I did. We're done with Scream and Scream again, but moving on, but not far on to 1976. We're going to keep it in the same wheelhouse right now with probably another one of those songs that you were describing. It kind of breaks things up a little bit and changes the vibe of the, of the playlist, but it's still a solid title track. However... It's kind of a hidden title track because oh, the shit. movie, when it was released in America, had its title changed. And in addition to having its title changed, they removed a bunch of violence, all of the nudity, and this song, if you'll believe that. So if you're going to uh -huh. watch this film, you need to watch the uncut version of... The Devil's Men. I'm worried. What's happened with Tom? I think he... I think he's been held captive. Donald Pleasant's right captive? there. That's what I thought. I it sounded like him. For sure. Good old Loomis. Lucifer. These are just three words for the same thing. A phenomenon that's older than mankind. A power without a face. A force that can make people do whatever it wants them to do. The devil. Devil! Devil's man. Devil! Let's do the drum track. Says. Yeah. Graham's got a I'm look. not convinced. He's not convinced. This, this is, is on the on. good. This is on the good. You took men. You could have had Bud the Chud and you chose this. You know, I knew this but was going to cause. I love Devil's Man. Good for that like drum track. Good for that drum track. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it is like, Devil's. Devil's man. <laughs> that is the song. That's exactly it. I love Devil's Men. I think the listener, you're going to agree with me. That's a garbage ass track. You think I should have swapped Devil's Men out for something like Maybe not Repossessed? Bud the Chest. Mm, no, 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 definitely. 
<laughs> These guys don't like repossessed. I love that fucking song. <laughs> that would have been the one I swapped out. Maybe Vampire Hookers, you think. That's a good tune. You think Vampire Hookers should have swapped out with the Devil's Men? Demon Lady of Lies With your symbols and signs it's all cult and cool. Come on. Yeah, cool. But the Devil's Men is a cool movie. Fuck yeah. I'm like bugged. <laughs> okay, the movie sucks, but that shouldn't matter. You're right. I agree. You're right. You're goddamn right. Does he say Devil Thighs right there, yes, too? Yes, he did say you're That's pretty thighs. tough. That's tough right there. Come Seriously. on. This is a good riff. Come on, those fills are fucking Father sick. of lies. Spirit of evil. Who are these guys? This band is, it's not a band at all, It's and this is going to sound weird, it's Paul Williams. But it is not the Paul Williams from Phantom of the Paradise. It is not the same Paul Williams. It's just another guy named Paul Williams that sings this tune. So. Well, well, tell us about the uh, the other title to The Devil's Men. The other title to The Devil's Men, when they released it here in America, and I'm not really sure why they did this, but they changed the film's title to Land of the Minotaur, yeah. which, on its own, is not really that bad of a title. That's a pretty cool title, Land of the Minotaur. And if they didn't go ahead and remove all, you know, all the nudity take out some of the violence and remove this track from the end of the song, I'd be all on board with Land of the Minotaur. But they did. But basically, the film is about this, like, awesome Minotaur-worshipping cult, and they've got this fucking giant stone Minotaur that comes out of the ground and then just breathes fire and talks in this really fucking gnarly voice that's like, No, you And it's Peter Cushing is, like, the, the cult leader here. And he's, like, which is weird because you never see Peter Cushing playing a bad guy, but he totally plays a bad guy in Devil's Men. He's all fucking cloaked and evil and shit. And they kidnap these young travelers, and they're going to sacrifice them in their weird witchy cult sacrifice. And Donald Pleasance plays a local priest who needs to go and, and, and you know, stop them. A lot of cool them. culty imagery and cloaks and Absolutely. hoods and all kinds and of fucked not, up shit. I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, the end of that movie where they fucking stop the weird ritual and then for no fucking reason everyone just starts exploding is fucking awesome. <laughs> Shindig spoiler alert. <laughs> which, which I wonder if it had anything to do with the popularity and and of devil's reign you know what i mean it's a real similar vibe i don't know which one came first which is why i don't understand why you changed the fucking title like this is dropped in 1976 it's like right at the height of like crazy weird 70s satanic panic movies like you don't think the devil's men that a title is gonna sell you change it to land of the minotaur like what the fuck well maybe like, that's why like the with with the whole video nasties thing maybe it's like oh they're gonna bury this thing if we don't give them an edited version of it you know 
And it's it's available too. I mean, I, I have Devil's Men. That, yeah, that, that was you. In fact, you and Wazzy are the reason this song is even on the fucking playlist. You guys were sitting there sculpting one day in the garage, and you fucking texted me, and you were like, "Dude, there is an awesome song at the end of this movie." I don't even remember Devil's that. Men, and I was like, "I gotta look into this," and I was like, "Yep, that's it. That's the fucking song." Next title track is one of the greats from 1989. 1989 is a huge year for title tracks. Do you remember how many times I said 1989 in the first episode? Many. It was very many. And this is another one from that year. Sometimes dad is better. Very the Indians good. knew that. They stopped using that burial ground when the ground went sour. This is legit, listener. Don't think about doing it, Lewis. Place gets holier. The place is evil. Sometimes that is better. Oh yeah. And in the octopus with the steamboats, ancient goblins and wallows come at the ground like making a sound. The smell of death is on the rail. I don't want to be You motherfucker, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I love knowing that it's going to have that effect when I cut it. Yes, it is Pet Cemetery from the film Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. Los Ramones. Did they write this for the movie? They did write this directly for the movie. In fact, if you're a fan of Stephen King at all, you know that Stephen King loves the Ramones. I think the story goes something like he wanted to get Sheen as a punk rocker, so he approached the Ramones. But the thing I read actually today about it was Mary Lambert, the director of Pet Cemetery, used to be, she was a, a video director, and she knew the Ramones. And she just went up to them and was like, do you want to make a song for Stephen King's Pet Cemetery? And they said, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah, we, we do. do. We definitely want to do cool. that. And then they made this. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. I like the keyboard, too. So good. Everything about it's good. I know Ramon fans don't really like this song because it's kind of... That's a jam. How care what Ramones fans say, fuck you, this song rules. That's one of my favorite playlist hits, too. It's got your Ramones vibe, but it's also got like a, like, you know, it's just t- tying into the whole vibe of like a cemetery, a church. Like you got this kind of like sort of chimey kind of it's, keyboard going. It's spooky, but it's not just Ramones fans that thought. This song was a little ridiculous because this was nominated for a Golden Raspberry that year. Now, are you familiar 
with the golden raspberry. No, but I know a raspberry is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a like a good it thing. is like a parody Oscars that is held every year where they give out golden raspberries to the worst things oh, from that year. It's like really? a yeah, it's like a real shitty like turn your nose up fucking thing that and they do. And this was nominated? They nominated it that year for worst song from a film. Oh, fucks. Yeah, really. Fuck you! You shut up! <laughs> yeah, tell him, Kincaid. Yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah! It did not win, however. It was actually Bruce Dickinson's cover of Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter that won that year, which if you've ever heard that, it's from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. It's not a good version of Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. You'd much rather listen to the Iron Maiden version, but that was the one uh, that won that year. Interestingly enough, also nominated that year was uh, Cool Modi's Let's Go, which was also from uh, the Dream Master. So they just... Cool Modi. Cool Modi had a song which I was listening to. So Let's Go. It's actually all right. It's pretty funny. Could have been on Monster Raps, except he doesn't talk about... Monsters at all. The Ramones <laughs> also have a let's go. That's a weird little serendipitous kind of uh, synchronicity. Other interesting shindig songs that have been awarded this dubious honor from this myopic committee of crotch sniffers include 1991, <laughs> The Adam's Groove. Holy shit. By MC Hammer, or rather, Hammer. That one in 1991, worst song of the year. Really? What do you think about that, listeners? I don't agree with that. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, play how they want the worst song of the year. The Adam Family. Uh, However, you might agree with this. Coincidentally, in 1993, uh, tag teams, whoop, there it is. The Adams Family. Fucking worst. Also won worst song of the year. Um, Nominated that year. Uh, was Iggy Pop's Why Was I Born from Freddy's Dead. So I think the Golden... Is this only horror movies? Yeah, like, I think, what, yeah the Golden Raspberry this? Committee just had it out for... I think they just had it out for Freddy songs, right? Who they are these like, assholes? I'm addicted to the sacred place To see the dream I can't escape Moldings and fangs that are picking up bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones karaoke favorite of mine if people had it usually they didn't usually have too many ramon songs or too many horror theme songs at karaoke honestly if you're going to karaoke he's never done it for karaoke i've done it too many times at karaoke in fact i wish you had a clip of that i did it once at the monster palooza karaoke i sang pet cemetery i'd imagine it sounded like (laughs) i don't want to be baby (laughs) scary it sounded exactly like that because i was probably drunk and that's kind of what I sound like 
in general. Man! The moon is full, the air is still. All of a sudden, I feel a chill. Victor is screaming, flesh is riding away. Skeleton dance, I curse these days. And I'm not what no wolves cry Listen close and you can hear me shout I don't want to be buried in a big cemetery I don't want to live my life again I don't want to be buried That's what I sound like. I sound like Gary Busey. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why anyone oh, doesn't love this jam. It's a hard title track. Champion. Like if you were only making a playlist and you had like five songs to pick. Yeah. Top it five. Be, it would be up there. Oh shit, we got a little clip from the movie here. Alright, I told you I can't talk to you right now. Alright, yes, Daddy. Will you come over and play with me? Maybe that's not a good idea. First, I played with Mommy came, and I played with Mommy. We played, Daddy. We had, had an awful, awful good time. time. Now I want to play, play with you. Oh, yeah? What did you do? <laughs> What did you do? I just want to cut Marky Mark from the happening into other movies where he just tells everybody in a horror movie that that's not a good idea. Like, whatever they're about to do. Maybe that's not a good idea? <laughs> That'd be fucking perfect. Oh. Uh, what? No. What? No. <laughs> He's got it on there. Ah, uh, little Miko Hughes. Is that his name? Yeah, Mico? I think so. Miko? Miko Hughes? Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Kindergarten cop, there it is. Anyway, that's Pet Cemetery from the Ramones. A classic, classic title track from a classic, classic band. And Pet Cemetery 2 just gets wacky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like it, Pet Cemetery 2, but like. It's fun, it's but it, it is not like. It has nothing to do with the first movie. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of like. Yeah. We're just gonna kind of take this idea of resurrecting the dead and kind of see what happens if you got it, yeah. uh, if you had breakfast with the guy later. Yeah, yeah. The great thing about Pet Cemetery Two is that it is a Halloween film. It takes place on Halloween. Also has another Ramon song. It does have another Ramon song that is also on the Shindig, uh, "Poison Heart." It was a great song. I loved that they did that for the second Pet Cemetery. That they were like, "Just get the Ramones back. We'll do another song." It was great. So I put it on the play. I don't want to go right out of this world. Everybody has a poison heart. You got, uh, what's his name? The fucking Kurgan, dude. Oh, yeah. The fucking Kurgan's the best part of Pet Cemetery 2. Happy Halloween, ladies. Yeah, he's great. Is that the dead cop guy? Yeah, the dad, Gus. Awesome. Yeah. I love when he's eating scrambled eggs with the kids. <laughs> and he's like, bah, bah. <laughs> Oh, Gary B. They're cool for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, damn, Gus is fucking cool all of a sudden. This is pretty much what's going on with, uh, why the fuck can't I think of his name right now? Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Yeah. From Carnival. Pet Cemetery 1, though, 
There's some 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 cool shit going on in that. I mean, I I, mean, I, I love Pet Cemetery one. I think the guy that plays Lewis Creed is good. He's a little bit of an over actor. There's some people have a lot of issues with the acting in that movie. Oh, whatever. I I think it's pretty good for what you're getting. I I, I don't know if I'm just a fucking puss or whatever, but I f- understand the emotional turmoil he's going through in that like tiny little montage of the snapshots of Gage as a little boy as and him screaming flying through the air the bloody <laughs> yeah. shoe him killer screaming. of children oh yeah. oh yeah oh dude that's that shit's fucking great I, why would you watch it you went on the road <laughs> I don't know it's like it's late 80s it feels right it's the uh, it was the I don't know if it's the only one but it was the first time that King got a chance to adapt his own fucking book to, to the, he wrote the screenplay to that and he said you're gonna shoot this fucker in Maine you're gonna do it and then they did and it looks perfect. It looks exactly like it should. There's things that are right about the movie. It, yeah. It'll never be what the book is because no, I mean, it's just too much shit. It's never going to be. You but know? I think it does and a good it's job. probably you know? for the better, too. I mean, if you read any of Stephen King's books, there's a lot of shit in there that you're like, eh, I don't know how well that's going to translate. Every one of his books. Yeah. So I There's mean, some cool makeup effects in it, too. Oh, yeah. The Moscow is great. There's an amazing moment of... Uh, you know, actors are asked to like just continue the scene no matter what happens. And I've I've rewatched this moment probably more times than I've seen the film. So he's like waking up from a wacky dream or something he has, and he rolls out of bed because the alarm clock goes off, and he rolls out of bed, falls off the side, and smacks his temple directly on the table right next to him and that is not a fake yeah it's fake either the fake. greatest stunt ever captured on film it or is, it's just total accident it's so painful looking and you can look it up on youtube it like well you can get that just by itself clip of him falling up because he smacks his temple directly on the corner of that thing and just goes with it just stays with oh yeah man that's uh such a, a painful moment, though. I'm like, ooh, that hurt. <laughs> There's some great shit too. That uh, pe- people make fun of, like the the gauge puppets and stuff like that, and all the shit that you know. What are they gonna do, dude? He's like fucking what? He's not even like two, is he? That guy's like no, three years old. I don't old. even think he's two years old in that movie. And honestly, even, like, it's you're like you're getting a damn good performance out of this little kid. Awesome you know? There's some performance. Yeah, and a lot of sure. it might be just random like happy accidents, but it fucking rules. You know what I mean? There's some good shit there. Except for when he dies. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but right that before that, that, that weird like reverse shot or whatever they do that he falls up against the wall like that. It's like, damn, like what the fuck is that? How did they? How did they swing that? You know, Shit, him ripping the throat out of Ed Gwynn with his mouth. Fred Ed Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Fred. Yeah. And that's a puppet, mostly. He goes in for the bite, but then it's like an actual puppet, you know, that they just, like, pull off frame with the with the ripped throat. What are you supposed to do? I mean, you can... A kid his age, you're only legally allowed to have him on set for, like, 45 minutes, and then you gotta, like, send him to bed with a fucking cookie. And, a bed <laughs> and they were really on top of it, because, I mean, there's other, sh- you know, productions where they didn't really give too much of a shit, and they, you know, they probably broke some laws here, but that one, specifically, nothing... He couldn't be around for anything scary. No. And they had all these little dumb puppets that they'd used. Lance Anderson and Dave Anderson, you know, did all those kick-ass makeup effects, and there's there's good shit in there. And Stuff I guess- that doesn't even translate on the movie, like that Pascal makeup, if you look at some of those old gore zones where they, they really look at it, I mean, there's all kinds of, like, intricate, like, veining and translucency to the makeup that's badass. You can't, you can't see any of that on film. No, no, I mean, no. that's everything, right? Anyway. Yeah. 
That was a lot. Moving right along. Apparently, we're all fans of we Pet Cemetery. We love Pet Cemetery, but we're going to move on to uh, another title track because that's what we're talking about from 1987. This is a John Carpenter film, folks. What do we got? Suppose what your faith has said was essentially correct. That fucking egg shen right there, dude. Suppose there is a universe of mind More controlling Alice, huh? everything. A God willing the behavior of every subatomic particle. <laughs> now, every particle has an anti-particle. It it's mirror image. It's negative side. Maybe this universal mind resides in the mirror image instead of in our universe as we wanted to believe. Maybe he's anti-God, bringing darkness instead of light. And aims to fail one storm night. From heaven to Whoa, whoa. <laughs> right before the bridge, that is Alice Cooper singing his title track from 1987 John Carpenter film, Prince of Darkness. Uh, this is a John Carpenter film that I love, actually. I, I, I really like Prince of Darkness. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's definitely criticisms you can hurl at Prince of Darkness, but it's like such a weird. I've never seen it as a fantasy film. No, it is definitely a horror like film. Well, I mean, I guess you could say that, well, it's Prince of Darkness because that's what they call the like devil, he's right? he's a devil. It is basically that the, devil? the essence of evil was like brought down to its most primordial form, which is this weird green fucking ooze. But the Catholic Church and Jesus and all of them knew about it and they like locked it up. They contained it and then covered it up. It's with, the prequel to the Vinci Code, pretty <laughs> basically, right? They like they covered up this knowledge of this manifested evil, and, the, and they get into this whole thing where Jesus is a fucking alien. They go into all this other shit. They, Wait a minute, what? A fucking alien. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking Gary Busey dropping it right for you. But yeah, like Jesus is a fucking alien. He's like, and they cover it up. Then they like shroud it all in metaphor with religion, waiting for the time in which science can prove that everything that religion was saying was right. So Donald Pleasance, again, playing basically the same fucking guy he's playing in The Devil's Men, like pulls all these quantum physicists and all these other scientists these together nerds. to like translate this book and figure out what's going on and it's just weird it's this weird heady John Carpenter movie that's pretty awesome Alice Cooper who provides the title track also makes a cameo in the movie as like the head bum uh, there's like there's like this gang of bums that starts to like Possessed move in on the church and he's like yeah he's like the head bum and he actually kills this guy with uh with like a unicycle bike thing. He like stabs this dude. A bike the, seat? Yeah, the thing that comes out of the bike seat. He like stabs the guy with it, but it was an actual prop that Alice used to use on stage that he would stab a guy with and he was like, "Oh, I want to I want to use this prop in the movie." And John Carpenter was just like, "Yeah, yeah fuck it. We don't know what's going on in this movie anyway. We might as well <laughs> so you got stab the, him with a bike. That sounds good." You got Alice Cooper, huge rock star at the time. Provides your title track. You throw them in the movie. Everything about it is just title track gold. Yeah. 
Love this song. You shouldn't have lied to me. <laughs> Did I lie to you? He <laughs> says, baptize oh, yes. you in lies. <laughs> Alice Cooper can write a fucking song. Alice Cooper can write a song, but Alice Cooper yeah. is like a weird, like... Christian. Yeah, he's like is a he weird a Christian? Christian dude. Like, you think, oh, yeah, Alice Cooper, he's all evil and shit. Christians write the best evil songs, though, because yeah. they know the Bible. They're they know thinking about up. evil. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Where's, where's I Want Marty's? Evil album. Where's that? Where his metal album? Yeah, I've been trying to make that happen for thirty years. <laughs> where's Marty's like the dark side album? Where he's like, yeah, protect yourself against the evil forces of the, the world. The warning album. Yeah, where's that? The warning. That should be it. Spirit. Power, I've been trying. Warning. warning. <laughs> Let's hear a little more from Prince of Darkness. It's your disbelief that powers him. Your stubborn faith. Donald Pleasance again. It's your Common disbelief. <laughs> he lives in the smallest parts of it. I think he just memorized one yeah. script and just kept doing it. Smaller. Invisible. We must translate this book. You must prove it scientifically. Convince the outside world. The outside world doesn't want to hear this kind of bullshit. Saying <laughs> Shen just Dude, letting you know. Seeing the two of them face off to back and forth just in a scene is awesome. Dude, there's that whole scene in the beginning. I don't know how familiar you are. Oh, with that is bullshit. <laughs> the outside world doesn't want to hear that kind of bullshit. You think I'm shitting you? <laughs> so what's going on with the rest of Prince of Darkness? How does this end? Let us know, Alice. Prince of Darkness isn't an easy phrase either. That's a lot of fucking syllables there. Prince of Darkness. Yeah, he knows how to say it. He can say anything, though. I mean, I think Alice knows how to just say shit creepy. It's got everything, though. It's got the, the melody is down. Awesome. Awesome chorus. And he just fits tons of kick-ass weird Heart of evil. lyrics and shit. Hungry eyes. I hate hungry eyes, though. Yeah, because it just makes you think of Dirty Dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just see Swayze humping air. <laughs> what the fuck? Hungry eyes. Watching the world with hungry eyes. I've seen a man with pain and pain and pain. Not Patrick Swayze. You can't say the phrase "hungry eyes" without thinking Swayze. Yeah, that, that's you know. true. I gotta be honest with you. That, that was the that was Alice's only mistake in in Prince of Darkness. Moving right along in our 
title tracks. The good title tracks. The good. The good title tracks, which are less fun. Can we be honest? No. No? You don't think so? I mean, it's fun rocking out, but it's harder to cheese on these. Yeah. Things. They're good songs. You don't want to make fun. You can poke a couple of jokes, but you can't really. You got to talk about them, which poke I think a couple makes jokes. a less entertaining program, honestly. Well, maybe I shouldn't have come at all. Jerk off! <laughs> there you go. Perfectly Jack timed. From 1988 comes our next title track, which, if you told me, you thought was the finest title track around, I'd hear you out. Listen to that synth. I'm going to say DX7 on that. Maybe FD2. It's going to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you some DMX buttons. I'm seriously going to hook you up with some DMX. (laughs) Mikey asked me that one time. The Han and Ween suit sounded like trash, so I don't know what that was. That was on the Ween double X. Oh, shit. Yeah. If you haven't heard this song, you are not a horror fan. No, not at all. You are one pathetic loser. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is Killer Clowns from the Dickies from the film Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which I know we are all big fans of. Hopefully you out there in Radio Land are also big fans of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This is a great fucking movie. I grew up watching this movie. I want to say this is like a kind of a gateway movie. If you if you yeah. find yourself a ha- horror fan and then you come across Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you realize like, oh, so there's a whole other level of horror movie where they don't even care about being like a substantial like big player. They're just trying to give you some wacky stuff with some cool monsters and just a bunch of monstery gags just for fun. And it's awesome. And the whole thing just to, is a vehicle for the creature effects. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah, just like, sure. we want to make cool clowns, and this is the movie that where, where they're going to be <laughs> fucking people up. It's, and it's just fun. My favorite line, uh, hopefully you can add this later, is, uh, what are you going to do with those pies, boys? <laughs> what are you going to do with those pies, boys? <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing to ask clowns. Like, you know what they're going to do. They're so creepy, and it. they creeped me out when I was little. Like, I was just uneased by them. Like, Dean I Wormer. Just, yeah, they just kind of, yeah, he's great, dude. He is great as the fucking sheriff. Yeah. Especially when they turn him into like a ventriloquist puppet. Yeah. That fucked me up. Yeah. That, that part's fucked up. Kid, dude, that when he part slides his hand weird. out yeah. and he's like, what? oh, dude. I, and it, I mean, to say it doesn't have creepy shit and you can watch it as a kid is kind of like, that's not really true. Not There's necessarily. Plenty of weird fucking unsettling shit in that movie. And it definitely unsettled me. But there's a vibe to it. There's a vibe to, to killer clowns that's just kind of fun. And the look no, of those clowns alone is pretty creepy. And interestingly enough, as anybody who has visited to the blog knows, I'm a huge fan 
of Ernest Scared Stupid. Also, the effects for that were done by the Kyoto brothers, and they basically repurpose a bunch of the killer clowns into those trolls. And you can see them in the background. They're just like totally 100% killer clowns that are just like <laughs> running around that. in the background of Ernest Scared Stupid. And it's like, I think there's at least two of them. At least two of them that are just, dr- they're, just they're just fucking killer clowns. <laughs> like that are trolls. They're just brown killer clowns. The Kyotos are great, and they did a fucking... Great job on both of those movies. I mean, the, the, both of those, the, the, the trolls from, from Ernest and all the clowns in, in Killer Clowns, they look oh, fucking yeah. great. They're creepy. They're weird. They're fucking funny looking. They're That quintessential Kyoto style, the Charlie Kyoto design. And everything the clowns do is clowny. It's yeah, not like absolutely. it's not like they're breaking backs or doing weird like you know just evil murder moves. They're turning people into puppets, into popcorn, into into cotton, cotton candy. candy. They're they're sucking out the cotton candy blood. That weird little clown like turns into a little boxer <laughs> yep. and knock, he's like, "What are you gonna do? <laughs> knock my block off?" And like, he, he literally does it. Shadow puppets too is yeah, that's absolutely. my favorite. Oh, yeah. A tyrannosaurus shadow puppet that. that eats the guy. Fucking great, dude. Yeah, very cool. A lot of good stop motion in there. Great creature effects. And this fucking score and soundtrack. Oh, yeah. No doubt aided by the Dickies, who made, like, a great, fun, punk-ish sort of song that uses, what is that, Enter the Gladiator? That, like, you hear that a lot all over the place, but they really turn. It's called Enter the Gladiator? I believe that is. It's a classic clown song. I think that is just the name of that. Are we talking about in Gladiator Times they would play this when some badass would walk out? I mean, I'm not. Just some motherfucker (laughs) with a huge accent. I mean, I don't know when the song song was (laughs) penned, so I couldn't say for sure. But I believe that's the name of that. I don't know. That riff. In ancient times. In ancient times. Fuck ancient Egypt. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where is he going to be able to fit that in? I guess it's right there. Can you fit P.T. Barnum into your song? What is there right there? Chucko. Chucko? Chucko. Jack and O. He said Jack and O. (laughs) Entry of the Gladiators is what it's called. Imagine some guy with like a bloody axe. Julius Fuckick? Fuckick. Fuckick? F-U-C-I-K. Fukick. It looks like fuck. Nothing scary about this song. No, not at all. But the Dickies managed to pull it off. They actually, I mean, you hear that song. Even as a gladiator, you're walking out to this and it's like all this cheery, like. I don't don't know why they called it that, but the Dickies made proper use of it here in this awesome title track.
were out in space for a week, you prick. <laughs> oh, Race loves this line. Like Jackaranda. Stock of Jackaranda? Yeah, it's weird, right? What the fuck does that even mean? Uh, it's a part of a tree. Well, yeah. Uh, he's got like a piece of Jackaranda. Like, they're from around here. They're from the fucking San Fernando Valley, which. What's a Jackaranda? It's a tree that flowers purple f- flowers uh, during the summer. Yeah, for a very short period of time and then drops all its purple flowers onto the ground. So, what's he say? What's the lyric? A man with a polka dot something is standing there with a stock of jacaranda. So he's describing a scene out of like the a film? Man, yeah. uh, not specifically, and that's because the Dickies had not seen or read the script. Then why would you say that? Because they're just... Why would you say that? <laughs> he was looking out his fucking window. Why he's the sitting, fuck would you say that? He's sitting on the corner of Burbank and Victory. About, he's looking at a jacaranda, and he says, You're okay. singing about alien clowns, and you're talking about <laughs> jacarandas like anybody's going to get that. Listen, what do you want these guys to do? They haven't seen the film yet. With a stock of jacaranda. <laughs> well, that's, maybe there's a circus connection there. Were, were these these flowers used in clown gags in the old circus days? I mean, we, well, I mean, we don't know. Shindig fact check. Maybe I know more than you think I do, Mark. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> we don't know. No one's ever going to know. No one will ever find out. But yeah, they are from right here in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, and they come out with this just like bar setting title track, as far as I'm concerned. Like oh, yeah. anybody making a title track after Killer Clowns is just like, what do you got? What do you got? Because now... You got killer clowns to, to to measure up against, and chances are you're not going to live up to it. A, a, a couple people try, and they do okay. Not going to lie about that. And they don't like playing the song, apparently. Really? Yeah, I think, I, I, if I remember, they said something in the, in the special features it. on the new Blu-ray where they're just like, yeah, we've got to play it, I guess, but yeah, like killer clowns. I mean, it's their like best going, song. Jack Aranda. <laughs> I think it's Jack Aranda, a man that, you know, maybe it's their fucking, you know. Jack a random person off. Hi, <laughs> yeah, Jack Aranda. <laughs> Jacking off to the lingerie section of the Sears catalog. <laughs> oh, look around. What do you see? Tell me what's Jack Aranda tree. That's a weird place to stop that clip. Yeah, I wonder who the fuck did that. <laughs> Kill the clown. That was me, I guess. Kill the clown. Wow, wow, wow. From out of space. Kill the clown. Kill the clown. Kill the clown. Kill the Killer Clowns from the Dickies. Moving on to our next title track. This one comes, uh, this one's from 1990, and it comes from Frisco Thrasher's Laws 
Rocket. That is L A A Z R O C K I T. Uh, if you think that's a funny name for a band, it's a reference to an actual weapon. The light anti-tank weapon rocket M72 or LA rocket was a lightweight, self-contained, single-use fiberglass anti-tank RPG used extensively in Vietnam. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Uh, You've seen this thing in all kinds of movies, pretty much every Vietnam film, Uh, but also the action extraction Jungle Warriors, Maximum Overdrive, Gremlins 2, Turkey Shoot, The Hidden, the Blob 1988. Could you shut up? I'm trying to have sex with these women down here. <laughs> uh, Exterminator 2, uh, but most notably and originally it was featured in the third Dirty Harry film, The Enforcer, where a demonstration of the rocket is given. Of course, the band changed the spelling of the name to be all metal and cool and shit. Laws like, Rocket. Yeah, Laws. They went with the... No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty impressed by that uh, that last little. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, you're really doing your homework. Over I'm there. trying. I'm trying to get some information for the people, and here it is from Laws Rocket. If you know what it is, then you know what's coming. If you don't, strap in. Oh shit! That punches you right in the dick. Fucking heavy shit. That is heavy as fuck. This whole album is pretty tough, man. It's uh it's got that like slop metal, like I would just say thrash. I mean, that's this is the this is the thrashiest horror soundtrack of all time. It's gotta be. You I don't I don't know why these guys, based on this song alone, are any worse than anthrax or suicidal tendencies or any of the shit that's going on at this time. Sure. Based on this song alone, I have no idea anything about this band. Outside of this song, but this rips pretty hard. Oh, dude, and then like the whole soundtrack is filled with second tier thrash bands, but it's awesome. You've got this song One Nation by Sacred Reich. Um, you got Death Angels, got a song called Bored. Uh, Obsession has an awesome song on the soundtrack called Methods of Madness. The soundtrack even has a cover of the Monster Mash. It's pretty fucking crazy. This is like just a thrashy fucking awesome metal album to the film Leatherface, which is the third in the very disjointed Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre franchise. Every one of those films feels like a reboot. Like, they, there's no interconnectivity in no. that entire franchise. I like well, two. I like three. Two. Three three, and four just kind of just are like yeah, four. And like here's another four's kind of vibe of that. And then they just With Leatherface kind of tying them all in. Nothing else ties no. them all in. Except for, you know, two has the original brother. Sure. And you've got, you know, a grandpa-ish character. Well, that's, not, like, that's not even the original guy. That's not, Bill Mosley's not in the first one. No, no, I'm saying the other brother, the older brother. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. definitely in there. I like to. I mean, I, I, I can picture a way brother, better too? sequel 
to, to Texas Chainsaw Massacre than to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but like, yeah, it's but fun. it was so far it's off. Fun. It, they're so separated. Yeah, they're, by time. it's like a completely like, what are different they, almost like movie. ten years apart. Ten years, yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that guy looks almost exactly the same. <laughs> I really burned my biscuits on that one. <laughs> my hams. Are you fucking crazy? Oh, oh, is that stretch? <laughs> that was stretch oh, sexy from Kaylee uh, Rock and Roll. Nuclear assault. That's like totally this vibe, right? This is heavy. (laughs) It just sounds like it fits. Yeah! (laughs) Laz <laughs> Rocket, yeah, you're right. I don't know much else by. I mean, the only reason I even know of this fucking band is because of this song. Are and they are they even in Texas in this fucking movie? By the way, they're in the swamp. Are there swamps in Texas? I don't even know. So this has got Vigo Mortensen, yeah, Aragorn, and, so random. Uh, some little girl, and they've got some weird rigged up murder machine that's like connected <laughs> to like a doorway that he's like pull the chain girl and like she's like pulling the chain to like kill the guy ken Faree, yeah that's yeah. what i was gonna say god that movie's a big big pile of trash you know what the best part of it though is i would say the uh teaser yeah the teaser that's all straight up excalibur fuck. right yeah. the fucking, he's like standing by the lake and it, like the <laughs> hand comes out and it gives him the the chainsaw the oversized chainsaw yeah, way big like a Four foot chainsaw that says the saw is family. Yeah, that's probably the coolest thing in the whole movie. Just I mean, that. it's not even in the movie, but yeah, it is the coolest thing about it. Besides this fucking track. goes back in. Now, what is that line supposed to fucking mean? Face to face? Because he's face taking your face off. That's stupid as fuck. Yeah, you don't like he that? He keeps you face to face. He wears your face on, on his, his face. face. Yeah, that's dumb. That's yeah. dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps you face to face. What the fuck does that mean? He's like staring at you, like he's looking deep into your eyes. No, no, he's wearing your face. Deep through oh, your eyes. Oh, that's really fucking slick. No, the way we explain it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, like those song ends wrong. too. Reverse reverb there. Yeah, that's always trippy. Yeah. 
This video is pretty funny too. It was pretty cool. They're like in a weird like where are they? They're like at like Vasquez. They're at Vasquez like- rocks, sitting on rocks with fucking white high tops on, being all eighties as fuck. Dude, just thrashing. We're thrash dudes. Yeah, they got the hair, but it's not like hair metal, dude. It's not all that lame ass hair metal. They're like nothing wrong with hair metal. Speaking of hair metal. We come to, we come to our next title track, which I think with these last three, they're pretty interchangeable as far as title track supremacy. But how many times do I have to tell you, you don't know what you're dealing with? You don't know what you're dealing with here. This is a perfect shindig song. It is a perfect shindig movie. It, it it completely encompasses everything that this playlist and to a lesser extent this podcast really kind of represents. Maybe it should be the number one song we're talking about, but it's not. We're gonna talk about it here in the third slot. But here it goes. Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to uh, welcome all of you to our annual Halloween dance. Without further ado, here they are, the Kickers. Yeah, the Kickers. <laughs> I just love this intro, so. Derek made this intro. How y'all doing? No, just this part of the movie where they're trying to like. <laughs> I actually wasn't thinking this song. Oh. I was caught off guard. Sorry. Way more Halloween y. Absolutely. Oh. Shaka! <laughs> You're right. You're goddamn right. <laughs> the guy say louder. He's like slapping his thigh. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> that guy. of Sammy Kerr's band in the film Trick or Treat. Solid film. Absolutely. If you like metal and you like Halloween and you like horror movies and you like rock. Yeah, this is the this is the find me a better. You can't do it. You can't do it. If you're a fan of family ties, you'll (laughs) love this. (laughs) Yeah, I like family ties well enough, but not as much as I love the film trick-or-treat which pretty much encompasses everything we got going on over here it's horror it's rock and roll it's halloween it's fucking everything just balled up into one awesome thing i'm staring at the poster right now holy shit i just realized yes another tie-in okay 
You got Dudes of Wrath. Yes. Right? For a shocker, right? Okay. Rocking out in the name of some sort of undead dude who controls electricity. Move back to Trick or Treat. You have a rock and roller who's undead using the powers of electricity, also with a member of KISS. Yes. And Gene that would be Simmons. Gene Simmons Damn. as DJ uh, Nuke. Synchronicity. That's right yeah. with the Nuke. I love Nuke in this movie. They actually offered him the role of Sammy, which he turned down. Oh, shit. Yeah, he wanted. He was like, I want to play Nuke. He's like, I'm a little burned out on all that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've worn enough chains for right now. This is a great song, and it's a great soundtrack. Fastway does the whole soundtrack. Um and it's fantastic. So much so that the blog gives it the royal treatment. Like you can go on to the blog right now and download or stream the super soundtrack we did oh, yeah, for did Trick or Treat. Suit. We we did. He you did it yeah, all. I did it. But like, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> what about go. me? Yeah, he was <laughs> there. Mikey was there. I did um, shit. It, it puts it all in order. Uh, it adds in a bunch of clips from the movie. I added in Haunted House of Rock from Houdini. Um, it's awesome if you want to listen to Trick Get or Treat. that super soundtrack yeah. from the Halloween I, I I love this movie, and I love that soundtrack. It is about the movie. It's titled after the movie. It's, you know, a Halloween song. It's in the movie. It's performed at a Halloween dance while Sammy Kerr is murdering children with electricity that's coming out of his guitar. It just doesn't get any better than this song. It's a trick or treat. Rock. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, through a thin disguise, isn't it? What, what is it? Yeah, it's, I think it's, is it through a thin I thought it was truer See than See my disguise. face through a thin disguise? Yeah, you're probably right. It says truer than disguise is what it sounds like. Truer <laughs> than disguise. Which <laughs> is not right. That's not what he says. That's not at all. Uh, interesting piece of trivia about this song. Apparently, Blackie Lawless was supposed to play Sammy Kerr. Uh, and he from Wasp. Yeah, from Wasp. And he offered to have Wasp do the whole soundtrack. Uh, however, they got Fastway instead. But then they told uh, Blackie that he'd have to lip sync to another band's songs, and he straight up refused to appear in the movie. And he was like, I got a band. I don't need to fucking lip sync some fucking fast way bullshit classic blackie classy classy blackie <laughs> easy easy classy blackie lawless he was just like nah fuck y'all then it would have removed a little bit of legitimacy from blackie lawless if he was going to lip sync to somebody else to somebody music? else yeah, like no i, I would think that's not... the fucking metal move right yeah. you go nah fuck and that you. guy's full on metal yeah I'll if you're not going to if you're not going to let me and my band play the music for your fucking stupid bullshit 
Halloween trick or treat nonsense. And why like, wouldn't you? I don't understand. Like, why why would you get a real rock star to play a rock star and then not have him be I mean, a I rock think, star? I think the guy who plays Sammy is good. I don't know that Lolly Lolly. <laughs> I don't know that Blackie would have been. I can't call him Blackie. That's just weird. Blackie. Lawless. If you don't say Blackie Lawless, it just sounds weird. Like I don't know if old Blackie would have been great in it, but <laughs> I just can't call him that. <laughs> And now he's gonna just start fucking electrocuting the shit he kills the principal. What are you doing here? Oh shit. I got a question. Are you making it? Why not? <laughs> you tried to kill me? Are you making it? Hey, put Genie in the hospital with his voodoo witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Same guy from uh, Critters. Fact check. What guy? Oh no. No? I don't think so. The bully guy? I thought you meant like the guy with the hair. No, I'm saying the guy that they changed themselves into. I don't think so, but he looks at the video and they like morph into the humans and one is a rock and roll no star. but that song is coming up on the playlist that oh, song shit. from critters yeah that's a shit digger so you're saying no of. yeah that's not that's not him i thought you were talking about the other guy and fast way is fast freddy from motorhead am i right i mean yes it's and and the that's guy an important from, he went on little... uh playing flog and molly too one of the guys really yeah randomly and he put Genie in the hospital with his voodoo witchcraft. <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> I fucking love, uh, God damn, why can't I think of his name right now? Tim. Tim in that movie. He Tim feels Martin, like, pretty it's pretty much Tim Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I'm a wussy weak tit? <laughs> I love that guy. White Bower! <laughs> oh man, that almost got me in big trouble. Yeah, I love this story, and I would hope that maybe this would spur this story. White Bower, <laughs> tell us this story. My my friend Dan Diana, who I think you guys may know, had a a little, you know, get together in the backyard of his house with some people I didn't know, and they were screening trick or treat. So I thought it'd be the perfect time to walk up and yell Wine Bower. Which is the main character's last name. Which, if you can hear it, even in that sound clip, Weinbauer doesn't necessarily it's questionable. sound like Weinbauer. It's got a kind of tiki torch vibe to it. What does uh, that maybe sound like? It sounds a little alt-right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I showed up yelling Weinbauer. Weinbauer! <laughs> and everyone stopped and looked at me like I was out of my mind. And I was like, yeah, they get it. They get it. They're fans of this movie. Well, no one had seen this movie up to this point. So the way I look showing up yelling <laughs> sounded a little weird. And I didn't know why everyone was being so standoffish the whole night until we watched that movie and the scene comes up and you hear this. And everyone bursts out laughing, realizing <laughs> that I hadn't showed up yelling white power to their little screening party. 
<laughs> I mean, fair enough. And also, I mean, you don't look like you would yell that at people, but he if doesn't? you were to yell that out at people, I feel like people wouldn't try to correct you or stop you from saying no. it. They'd go, oh, I get it. They'd I don't like, know. Oh, man, we should... Uh, Are you sure that Mikey doesn't look like he might shout White Bower? Because he kind of does look I don't like know. maybe he's got a shaved head. He's got a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I know. He looks like maybe he's... None of them are racist tattoos, though. It's not a popular time in history to have <laughs> a shaved head and tattoos. No. I have a shaved head, though, because I am balding, and I'm trying to kind of hide that from yeah. the people. Yeah, I can, if, I could have, people. if I could have any other haircut, I would, believe me. Especially yeah. in today's climate. No, yeah. But sure. I would never yell white power. I don't believe in white power. But I do yell white power. And it sounds like white power. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know what you did, but you're getting into some weird fucking shit, man. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, I love Trick or Treat. And I love that song. But we got to go to the next track, which also, I mean, these are interchangeable. In my mind, sort of. Not really, though. But <laughs> are they? Are here's our next title track from 1987. And the Golden Raspberry Committee didn't have any fucking shit to say about this one, did they? Not nah, motherfuckers. Fuck you! You shut up! Damn. It is Dawkins with the Dream Warriors. If you are a horror fan that at all likes rock and roll and heavy metal, you know this song. You love this song. It is arguably the greatest title track that has ever been recorded. But is it a um, legitimate title track? It's a little bit not a title track. Ah. We're forgetting about what we established as the best title track. Well, yeah, outside of what Mr. T was arguing, that he was the best, and that this bum is fighting other bums. When you're fighting ghosts, <laughs> and they are some bums, what can you use? Proton pack! Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, well see you see later. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, this is Dream Warriors. There's no chance that you're a horror fan and you don't like this song. There's no chance. 
Or this movie, especially. Oh, this I movie, mean, especially. It is arguably, I think, the finest Elm Street sequel. You could even, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people, far. I'm sure people will say that it's the best Elm Street movie. Period. They're wrong. It's the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Agree. Yeah. The Wes Craven. But if you're talking about numbered sequels, I think you can't argue with Dream Warriors Part Solid. Three. It's a great film. You got a callback from the original. Yes. You got like you're bringing back all sorts of stuff from the original. The Elm Street kids, you know. Yep. And got like, Nancy, Nancy there. bringing her, bringing it back. Coming with the solution. Yep. She knows she has to fight them, but now these kids have powers in the dream. Putting a fucking team together to go oh, in yeah. and a dream team. this shit where they're going to fucking fight the dream on the dream's terms. They're going to put it together. How much come you going to keep throwing smoke up our ass? No, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I mean, that's Kincaid, that but that's from, not yeah. that. That is the Kincaid. But Good old Kincaid. And it's time to stop guessing and start messing. Don't want to dream no more. Plus, you got Lawrence Fishburne too. Yeah, This is a classic Mikey Rotella karaoke. I'm doing Pet Cemetery. This guy's doing Dream Warriors. Fuck, am I doing? I don't know what you're what doing. What the you doing fuck are you doing? <laughs> no. I don't know. What? No. They print any kind of shit in this paper. <laughs> I'm surprised that that song is available for a karaoke. Yeah, well, I think, too. That, I think that's a testament to what a huge hit this was. I mean, you got Ghostbusters, as we've already talked about, which is the biggest horror title track of all time, perhaps even the biggest title track of all time. And I think right fucking below it, you have Dream Warriors. Like, this is a huge hit for Dawkins. And it was a huge hit in 1987. It's a massive song. Dawkins, a hugely popular band. Like, I don't think... There's people that know Dream Warriors that have probably never even seen Dream Warriors. You know what I mean? Like, you're listening to rock and roll radio, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck Dream Warriors, right? I don't even know what that is even in reference to. Like, But part three is probably, like... You know the the height of Freddy fame. Am I right? I mean, this yeah, is like, right in between. Like he's still being scary and funny at the same time. Like this is where he really yeah. like hones in that that commercial idea of Freddy Krueger, where he's he's a evil demon killing kids, but he's making jokes the whole time and kind of throwing puns and making funny scenarios. But he is not a joke of himself yet. And no. I mean, and that Freddy boom, that Freddy mania happens between. Um, four and five, right? No, three and four. It okay. happens right there, right in the cusp of three. Three is such a huge fucking hit that it just kind of fucking thrusts Freddy Mania onto everybody. And then that the gap between three and four, he just fucking explodes. And then four is a fucking even bigger hit. Like everybody goes to see four. Four makes tons of fucking money. Like each one of these made more money than the last until I think five. I think five, they got some diminishing returns before going on to, to, to Freddy's dead. But that's when he gets the show. That's when you're getting fucking the album, the, <laughs> the Elm street singers, whatever the fuck <laughs> Freddy's actual album that's happening in between. You're getting the window clings. You're getting my fucking sunscreen, <laughs> like uh, all uh, that lead up to Elm street Four. Uh, the Dream Master is like, that's Freddy Mania right there. It's, and it's all set off pretty much by this film and no doubt helped out by this song from Dawkins. I feel the touch coming over me. 
<laughs> Standing in the night alone together? Oh, forever. Yeah. Then together. How can you be alone and together? I don't know. And forever. You can't be alone no, forever together. Docket, however. The Ghostbusters. Unlike... Unlike the Killer Clowns video, which is pretty fun because you get a lot of clips from Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and the, but it's weird. Like the Dickies are hanging out; they're like in a courthouse, and then they're in a fucking jail. Like, what's going on in that video? Video doesn't make make any fucking sense. In Dream Warriors, the video you're getting tons of clips from the movie. But what you're getting also is like Dokken is like there. They're like in the sets. The lead guitarist like pops through the wall and he's like just shredding, and 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 Patricia Arquette's like smiling at him like, oh, what's going on? This is great. And then Freddie fucking comes through the wall. He snatches her through. What's going on? We don't know what we're gonna do. And then they just attack him. Like Don Dokken just starts like leaning into these lyrics while they're fucking hitting him with it and he's got the the guitar is the skeleton and it looks awesome and they're just fucking meddling out and Freddy doesn't know what the fuck to do Freddy's like covering his ears and he's like ah like they're just defeating him with his metal who and were those guys who were those guys it's awesome <laughs> it's such a good song that's it that was all. Maybe tonight. That was all that clip was. Like, and maybe tonight, thank you. Maybe tonight, Although, if you were listening to Dawkins now, it's going to be more like, We're the Dream Warrior. <laughs> yeah, he's not hitting those notes. No. God, how could he? This is a great solo. One thing Dawkins didn't cheap out on is the metal solo. They were always delivering something solid there. Although they're a, my wife would call them the boy band of hair metal. <laughs> All the, most of their songs besides this one are about someone breaking their hearts. <laughs> I don't think I've heard one Dawkins song besides this one. Uh, it's breaking the chains around me. No? Mm, nope. some good rock, Mikey, check out Unchain the Night and Back for the Attack. Two solid docking albums. You're not needing much more than that, but those two are going to deliver for you. I mean, if it's anything even close to this, then it's got to be pretty This pretty is Back solid. for the Attack. There's two songs off of that album in this movie. Well, yes. not permanently. Into the Fire. 
is the original song that it opens up on Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. However, they could not... Oh, I think I do know that, though. They could not secure the rights. I don't know what happened with it, but when they released uh, Elm Street 3 on video, they had to change it out. They swapped it out. Dance into the fire! Is that... No, that's What's from that? James Bond. That's Duran Duran. <laughs> Really? You know. <laughs> yeah, Into like, the fire. I'm falling. It's on the set. Into the fire. Yeah. No, it's I, on the uh, playlist. All I'm getting I'm is Duran Do I need to hit? Do I need to give this guy into the fire right now? Into the fire. Into the fire. I'm falling again. Into the fire. I'm falling. Sounds like you're fapping. <laughs> Yeah. I'm fapping. <laughs> Slappy skips up into the fire. Uh, uh, into the fire. When Kristen's making the little model of oh, yeah. 1428, this is coffee. Yeah, it's just like spooning fucking Folgers into her yeah, mouth. Chasing it with Pepsi. Yeah, she's like, boom, slamming it back. Uh, this song is playing originally in the theatrical version of it. And then... Here it is. It's a good song. Also a shindig playlist feature. I don't know. Yeah. In the fire. But they... They couldn't get the rights or some <laughs> bullshit. I don't know what happened with the video release, but they changed it out for Joe Lamont's Quiet Cool, which is the title track. Quiet Cool from the film Quiet Cool, which I've never seen. I don't even I've never even heard the fucking song. Like but Joe Lamont is a shindigger. He does the song. Uh, easy. It's easy with that. Flesh to Flesh <laughs> from Return of the Living Dead 2. Flesh! Right. That's Joe Lamont, and he did the song Quite Cool, but Quite Cool in the beginning of the video release of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. It's, it's like an instrumental. It's like a little synthy instrumental version. It's not the same thing, but they had the rights to it. It's another New Line movie, so they just they just slapped it in there. And then the mom busts in, and she's like, eh, turn that down. And you're like, why? It's just like a quiet instrumental. <laughs> like, I mean, I had a discussion with Matt with that because he was like, I have the VHS, dude. Yeah. That D- that Dawkins song is not in there. And yeah. I'm like, I swear to God. Dude, all kinds of people arguing over this Yeah, there's shit. definitely another Dawkins song. And he's like, no, nah, man, I have the VHS. It's not there. And I'm like, man, I need to call Derek about this. And you cleared it up. People got pissed when they when New Line did the the whole DVD box set back whenever that was ninety seven or whatever it was. They did that they did it right and they and they got the rights or whatever. So the theatrical version of that film appears on the DVD set, featuring Into the Fire by Dawkins. And then all of these kids that had grown up watching it on TV and on their fucking old VHS were pissed. They were like, that's not the way that Dream Warriors starts. They're like, that's crazy. Now you had people that were just pissed off about that. And then Freddie fucking fans are arguing with each other like Matt and Graham are doing. And they're just, no, this is the real thing. But yeah, we got, I remember me and Rachel working at the Blockbuster when that box set came out and I had like strep throat that weekend. And I was like, 
Fuck yeah, dude. I'm just going to be sick for a week. I'm just going to crack out on Elm Street. And it was awesome. Hell yeah. DVDs. Digital video discs. It was like, wow, what the fuck? Look at how clean that looks. <laughs> no rewinding. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Dream Warriors, which you could argue is the finest title track ever. Subtitle track. <laughs> a byline title track. Byline title track. And when you have a movie and it's called, like, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, boom, that's the title, right? The Dream Warriors. That's the byline. So, if you have a title track that refers directly to the byline, you have a byline title track, which is what Dream Warriors technically is. So how can it really register... As one of the top title Come tracks. Come on. Come on, listen to that you fucking just song. Lose air right there. <laughs> Come on, it's a title track. Let's just It's solid. It's solid. famous. It's very good. It's very good. But it does not do what this next track does. Our last track, which I personally feel even over Ghostbusters. When you're oh, busting shit. ghosts in the library. Who are you going to call? Egon Spangler. I'm not going to listen to any more of this. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just exclude Ghostbusters from the argument here. And if you have excluded Ghostbusters from the argument, I don't think it gets any fucking better than our next and last title track. I didn't write the fucking year down. I'm going to say 1985. Here it is, gentlemen. Yes, it is the Jay Giles Band with Fright Night, my favorite title track of all time. I fucking love this song. It is a perfect title track. It is exactly what you want from a title track. This Jay Giles Band, they were huge at the time. It was 1985. They are a giant band. This is actually their last single. The band broke up shortly after this, and I love that. This <laughs> is like they just go out on Fright Night. And was this just, song it. popular too? Or? No, fucking huge, man. No Fright shit. Night's fucking huge. It was like the highest grossing movie that summer. It was massive, and nobody expected Fright Night to do what it did. And we're still talking about Fright Night. Why? Because Fright Night is a fucking great movie that has a great title track that does everything you want a title track to do. It's perfectly a product of its time. It feels like mid-80s weird rock. I don't know what the fuck this is. It's weird, right? I mean, it's just theme song. Yeah, it's just theme song. And it's fucking perfect. And it's awesome. Fright Night!
<laughs> How can you not love this fucking song? I don't care if you're into horror and you love fucking just songs. I don't know. I don't know how to. Is this just, just that like spooky, poppy synth '80s thing? Yeah, everything of you like just the, said. Of like the Oingo Boingo style yeah, it's thing kind of that's going on at the time. Thing going on, right? Yeah, definitely. Where spooky was cool all of a sudden again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like probably not since. The, what, the 50s or, like, early 60s was spooky cool? Yeah. And, like, in pop culture, like, it, at least music, pop music? And it's definitely got that vibe, because you have the whole, like, Peter Vincent thing coming in where he's a horror host, which is happening at the time in the mid-80s. Like, every fucking town has a, a local horror host, and they've integrated that into the movie, and it's got this weird self-referential thing where the kid, he knows about horror, and he says to himself, I feel like I'm in a horror movie right now, and I need to consult my local horror host to fucking <laughs> find out how to deal with it but the guy's a fucking actor and a shitty actor at that and he doesn't fucking he's afraid he doesn't he's, the he kid's a bit of a moron though yeah, he's a little bit of a I moron I mean if you believe that the guy on TV knows more about vampires than <laughs> anybody else <laughs> except for maybe uh what's his name Sven Gulli Stephen Joffreys Stephen Joffreys he happens to know a whole lot about vampires and boners. Helps. And well, he gives he gives Roddy McDowell a solid rod, <laughs> laying there naked in his lap, moaning and groaning. I expect we have a lot of the same interests, you know, in horror movies and the occult. <laughs> and boners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, and if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a scene where Stephen Joffrey's spoiler alert, his stab and eighty five. He uh, he's uh, turning from a. Werewolf? Is he a werewolf? Yes. Yeah. And a sort awesome of hell werewolf beast. That. He's reverse transforming. Yeah, he's reversing back into his male, young male body. Yeah. And Roddy McDowell is cradling him in his lap. And after he dies, it's a very sad scene. And Roddy stands up to uh, show off his throbbing member. Um,. You know. Did you hear what I said? It gives you a boner. It's not written in, by the way. This is a total candid moment. If you zoom in, yeah, we'll see the head of which is Graham. It's Moby Dick. <laughs> he pops a little Cornelius. Graham has definitely zoomed in. You know what the new Beverly I yelled? He's got a boner. Because the video does like what the, the Killer Clowns video and the and the, the Dream Warriors video does, where it it throws you a bunch of clips from the movie. But then Jake Isles, they're like in this weird like a fuck apartment building, and they're like hanging out there, like looking out the window and shit, and they're like in a bed, like all of them are just in a bed together with like the covers pulled up, and they're just like popping out of the sheets, like they're just afraid of Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, it's fucking sounds like they're ripping off the Danger Zone video. Yeah, you think so a little bit? Well, that's like the whole Danger Zone video is like Kenny Loggins in a room looking out the window and watching scenes from Top Gun. <laughs> what year is Top Gun? 1985. Same year. Mm -hmm. You think they're clowning on him? I don't know if they're clowning on him. Maybe they were just like, oh, there's a good idea for a, for a movie 
track. Was it the summer of 1985? Look, I don't know. Let me let me <laughs> shindig fact check. I I love Fright Night. I love the movie Fright Night. It is a fantastic. In a, in an era where you were getting nothing but slashers, right? Like they were throwing slashers at you from oh, about- Top Gun is nineteen eighty six. Ooh, damn! Sounds like Kenny Loggins biting a little bit of the fucking guiles. What? <laughs> what? Loggins bit my guiles. <laughs> um. In an era where you were getting nothing but slashers, right? You're getting tons of fucking Jason movies. You're getting Freddy movies. You're getting slammed with just masked killers, secret killers, whodunits, slashers. You get this movie that's a total throwback to a classic monster movie that it knows what it's doing. It's self-referential. It's, 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 and it's got horror hosts. It's got all the references to the old Universal-style horror movies. His fucking name is Peter Vincent, for God's sakes, right? And... Somehow it's a hit. Like, people love this shit because it mixes so seamlessly between being kind of fucking scary and funny. Like, it bal- it's a balancing act. Like, I know a lot of people don't like horror comedy. Like, they'll say, like, ah, I like my horror scary. I don't want to see a silly movie when you're trying to scare me. And there's something that happens in Fright Night where it, it just... It toes that line so perfectly where it's never too scary to not be funny and it's never too funny to not be scary. It's just, uh, I think it's a perfect horror comedy. It's and very it, self-aware in a great absolutely. way. Absolutely. Because, like, the kid is like, he's a is, is it a vampire? Like, am I really looking at a vampire? And what's great is Chris Sarandon is like, yeah, and now I'm going to get you. Yeah, and he is awesome. And he's, like, Fright fucking Night. with the kid. That's what I love about that movie is that this vampire who's who knows how old, maybe hundreds of years, notices that this one kid sees that he's a vampire and is like, well, I'm just going to fuck with this kid. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm going to play around with this kid and scare the shit out of him. That kind of like intelligent camp, too, is is huge at that point. And But it's not always done as well as it's done in Fright Night. They are aware of it, like you said, and in that camp, they're like injecting that in there. Sure, I think you got things like Night of the Creeps. But it's smart. Night of the it's Comet, not- which, which, which both do kind of that same sort of 50s throwback sort of thing, which isn't really what Fright Night's doing. I don't think it's like a, uh, I mean, it's very much 85. Like it is a super 80s movie. It's 85, it, yeah. but it's talking to people who yeah. have grown up watching monster movies. I think Fright Night is the equivalent of like Stranger Things or something. You know what I mean? Where it's tapping into that age group right there. It's like you grew up with this shit. You love this shit. Here's something we're just going to kind of throw a little fucking twist on it that feels modern, but is going to remind you of all. Of the stuff that you used to love. And they did a lot of that in the 80s. There was a lot of throwbacks. But it's not a victim of, like, its own budget restrictions no, and I stuff like I, that. Like, it's, like, at it's all, all purposeful I mean, and done really well. It's a fantastic movie, and there's great creature effects. And I even found this particular quote, which I thought was really funny. It was in You're So Cool, Brewster. I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary that they... You could watch it on YouTube. The whole thing is just there on YouTube. And they, they're talking to Tom Holland, and they're talking to Amanda Beers, and, they, and everybody's there. But they have all the effects guys there, and Steve... Johnson is there talking about it and he has this quote. All we had to do was go in there and make the best munches we could and that was absolutely fine. I missed that. And there was a lot of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That was perfectly Steve Johnson right there. Uh, uh, they did a great job. Shout I out think. to Steve Johnson and shout out to Boss Effects of 
Ghostbusters fame as Absolutely. well for doing some great visual effects on that film that you can totally cite back to. Um, I don't know. I noticed this, but there's like that scene in Ghostbusters where uh, Slimer's running down the hallway and then he goes through the wall and the thing follows him, smashes into the wall. And you have a very similar scene when uh, um, Chris Sarandon turns into the bat creature and then he flies into the, the basement to get away from them and he's knocking shit over and they're using very similar effects to tie that whole like visual scene in. Um, yeah. And everything from puppets to makeup, that. stop motion, everything like is represented. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Apparently that bat creature was a rejected library ghost. From, nice. From Ghostbusters. No they shit. had wow. it sitting around and they were they they said for whatever reason in Ghostbusters they're like, ah, we don't we don't want to use that. And they had it sitting around. See, so I'm such a fan. I just I could I could taste <laughs> you can, the you flavor. feel it. Yep. You could fucking feel That's it, hilarious. buddy. So And there was a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I guess they were. Uh, Who adds that to their fucking interview? Steve Johnson. <laughs> Apparently, they. Uh, Tom Holland was randomly on set, and they said to one of the effects guys, "I don't know." Tom Holland, not Spider Man. No, no, the director <laughs> and the writer of Cloak and Dagger. I don't know if anybody out there. Dabney Coleman. Dabney, yeah, there you go. Fucking, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Mikey knows what's up. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is a big film of my youth. I love Cloak and Dagger. And Tom Holland wrote that. There was something else. Anybody named too. Dabney out there? No. What the fuck? Dabney? It's like Sigourney Weaver. She's the yeah. only person that has the name Sigourney, and I'm pretty sure Dabney Coleman is the only These are my children, Sigourney and Dabney. <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell was I even saying? Oh, Tom. He wrote Cloak and Dagger. No. Yeah, but where was I going with that whole thing? It was just from your childhood. Yeah. Dabney Coleman. Nine to five. Dolly Parton. What a There's your fucking title track. No giving. <laughs> Best title track of all time, nine to five. And, you know what? Honestly, nine to five is a pretty damn solid title track. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. <laughs> I love nine to five. I don't know what the hell I was gonna say. Are you referencing the time when I sang nine to five? What an asshole! Fuck you, you shut up! Oh God, that's my Derek doing karaoke. Derek has two voices when he does karaoke. He either does. Is the Derek karaoke bass? Or it's the Oh, it was the the face. The they, they Tom Holland said to the effects guys, whoever the effects guys were, he's like, I wanna have like a, a monster that has like a shark mouth. And they didn't have time or the fucking budget to really do that. They were like, that's gonna take too long. But he the well, I can't remember the guy's name, the effects artist, but he said to him, he was like, All right, 
I'll go and I'll knock it out just over the weekend. I'll make something. He's like, but on one condition, you don't really show it for very long on screen because it's not going to look very good, right? So I'll give you this shark mouth. Just don't fucking show it a lot. Just get your shot and be done with it. And what the fuck happens? It ends up on the cover of the fucking movie. It's like the main effect from Fright Night, and that's got a that. I mean, there are some folks who would just tattoo that on their back. Yeah, is it Bob Short? (laughs) (laughs) I totally miss it. But that's it. That is that is the title tracks, the good title tracks, solid <laughs> tracks all around. I know we all heard what my favorite title track of all time is. It's Fright Night, hands down, without question. Uh, what about you two? You got a pick? Got a pick for your favorite of the fucking cream of the crop here? I mean, Graham's going to say Ghostbusters. <laughs> He's going to if you're asking me... Well, my favorite is, I'm probably going to say, Ghostbusters! <laughs> bust and ghosts and ghosts and bust and bust and ghosts and ghosts and bust. Uh, I'm not going to listen to any more I'm of sorry. this. I'm sorry. You got Trick or Treat, you got Dream Warriors, you got Pet Cemetery, Killer Clowns, Leatherface. I mean... It's it's a tough decision. Honestly, some heavy you know, shit. Uh, it depends on the t- the time of day, even the day of the week. Absolutely, that I'm going to pick any of these. Um, I think most of them are interchangeable. Because Killer Clowns, it's fantastic, pretty goddamn good. Um, Dream but, Warriors, yeah, Fright Night's like, great. Dream Warriors, I love Dokken. So yeah. like, Trick or Treat. I mean, come on, that fucking song is awesome. solid. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Can you can you I mean, can you pin it down? My own criteria would include the title of the of the movie being in the chorus, right? Absolutely. So Killer Clowns out. probably just takes it because it's there's nothing that can come close, you oh, know, yeah. as far as technical. I don't want to be buried in a bed cemetery. That's yeah. pretty good. That's a hard one. That song's good too, man. So good. I mean, they're all good. They're like the best until you hear the next one. Then you go, ah, it's the best. Scream and Scream Against Fun. That's a whole nother yeah, era. You know what I'm saying? See, but the I feel like these songs too, though, they could have just been songs. Songs of the time. Yeah, and they are. Yeah, but... but you know, Killer Clowns is its own entity. It's like its own thing. It's, it's like Ghostbusters much, in that yeah. way, where like, it's like it doesn't. No se- there's no separate. You're not separating it from the movie at all. It's it's, it's impossible no. to separate. The it dudes of wrath are way behind. Only be outside of being assembled specifically for the sole purpose of making a title track, which is awesome. Yeah, that's they're they're just not. We should play the end again though. There is a, that weird what that weird bridge end. Yeah. 
I feel like I'm like winning the Special Olympics when I hear this shit. It's fucking great. Um, it sounds like leftovers from any of the albums that Paul Stanley had worked on in the last five years. Which it may have been. Maybe that, that was the supergroup. They all brought one piece of the song Absolutely. and they just put it together. Easily. But we're going to wrap up here. Title Tracks Part 2. Thanks for joining us to sit through... All the good ones, you know, and have fun the rocking good. out. Yeah, the good part two. The good. We're gonna. I'm gonna take this out on a title track that we've heard before on Shindig Radio. And if I really had my druthers, it would be my pick for the greatest title track of all time. But we already heard it, so I wasn't gonna put it on this list. But if it was gonna be. In the show, it probably would have been on the last episode. It wouldn't have been on this particular episode. But I want to thank you all for joining me and Graham and Mikey. You're welcome. For and another, Don Dawkin. For another and Don Dawkin and Tom Holland. Both Tom Hollands for joining us. And Steve Johnson for another episode of Shindig Radio. When the leaves of summer turn red and gold And the football games bring a hint of the cold Time to get away No one will ever notice we'll pack Until the next time, Shindig Radio listeners It has been a pleasure talking with my friends here about stupid shit Talking to you Bringing you all kinds of fun horror movie songs we're gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we had a good time, didn't we? We're going on a ball break. We're in the moonlight. We have a fucking wheel here, bro. Holy fucking shit. The moral of what you've just seen is clear. If you drink, don't drive. And if your wife has had a couple, she shouldn't drive either. You might both just wake up with a whale of a headache in a deserted village in the Twilight Zone. I saw Whoa, what the, the fuck? That's <laughs> weird. Spread down a blanket from the sweet love tunes from yesteryear. Not a soul inside, girl. Heaven blessed to bring a radio, a cooler, and a case of the best, and we'll disappear. Later on, or maybe a who knows, take a swim in a surf and all birthday clothes, and we're gonna have a good time. Hey, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on a ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. Mutilator, right? Is that the fucking the mutilator? We should really screen that one of these. Going on a ball break. Break into your heart. Is that like a mutilator thing? Like he's gonna break into your heart? Yeah, makes sense. Oh, sex. So uh, watch out. This wasn't a sitcom from the 80s. Like, it totally sounds like a sitcom theme. <laughs> Fall Break was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs>
plenty of time to get White totally power. wrecked and we're gonna power. have a good time. Hey, we're gonna have a good time. We're going 